Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for tuning in to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. Coming up this week, Bill Sweeney with AARP will be here to give us an update on prescription drugs. Safety in the kitchen reminders for this Thanksgiving with Don Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress. Speaking of Thanksgiving, Megan Loftus and Linda Robeson with the Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving Dinner and the Family to Family Program are getting ready for their two big days coming up this week. We'll also hear about this weekend, the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project. Karen DeCleck tells us where and when. The Hanover Green Cemetery will be the site once again of Reeds Across America. Kathleen Smith is the location coordinator for the cemetery and has details on the event. Now we're going to talk to Ruth Corcoran. She is a member of the board of directors of Fork Over Love. It's not yet a year old, but it's already helped many people and restaurants throughout our area. Ruth tells us how this unique concept began. Fork Over Love is a nonprofit that purchases meals from small, independent local restaurants, and then we distribute them throughout the community for free. We go into various smaller communities, Wilkes-Barre, Pittston, Nanticoke, and we distribute this these meals on a weekly basis. And to date, we've distributed more more than 14,000 meals, and we've put more than $140,000, $145,000 back into our local restaurant community. How did this all come about? It seems like such a unique way of doing things. You have restaurants involved. Well, it was the idea of a friend, Tracy Salingo, who brought a group of women together to kind of form this nonprofit. Um, She was trying to come up with a solution for the dilemma that the restaurants were doing so poorly and that there were so many people in our community in need, and it just seemed like a natural fit. You know, we have these restaurants that needed the business and people hungry, and we just needed to raise the money to kind of bring the two together. When you're talking about the restaurants being involved then, who decides what is going to be coming from what restaurant? Well, we currently work with nearly 70 different local restaurants um, from Hazleton up through Durier. And any restaurant is welcome to go on our website, forkoverlove.org, and apply to cook with us, become a partner. They're paid $10 a piece for each takeout meal they provide. And we, we don't 
give them something specific, but we do like to have like a protein, a vegetable. It has to be a hot meal. So we're not, we're not distributing sandwiches. Um, we had a distribution last night and we had roasted pork with mashed potatoes and vegetables. We had chicken scampi. We had penne with meatballs. So we get a variety of different things. And it's, it's up to the restaurant within reason, as long as it's a hot meal. How long have you been around, first of all, and then when the restaurants were first approached, what was their reaction? So we did our first distribution in February of 2021. So we're under a year old. And we really didn't get going to begin to form it until January of this year. And it was just reaching out to the small restaurants. When we, our first distribution was in West Pittston at Corpus Christi Parish. And we reached out to local restaurants in that community, Agolino's, Valenti's, um, the Red Mill. So what we do when we go into a community like West Pittston or Nanticoke, we will look for small local restaurants. We'll reach out. So we have those restaurants who have heard about us on social media or in various news broadcasts, and they'll reach out to us. And then we'll also reach out to restaurants if we're in a specific community. And what about those who might be looking to benefit from Fork Over Love? How do they get in touch with you? Or again, is that something someone has to come along and and vouch for them? Or how does that work? Absolutely not. The different thing about Fork Over Love is we don't ask for proof of any need. Everyone is welcome. So we're, we're looking for anybody in a community to come out and pick up meals, whether you're a neighbor in need, as well as somebody who wants to come and pay it forward and support local restaurants. Some people will come through and give us a donation because they want to support the concept that we're supporting the restaurants that they want to see stay in our community. So we see people that really are food insecure and need the food. We see some elderly people who are just coming through because, frankly, they're lonely and want to see a friendly face once a week. And then we're seeing this other segment of the population that's coming through to support the restaurant. So everyone is welcome. That's what makes us different. It's a very happy place to come through. You don't have to worry about coming through our line. There's friendly faces and you know you're doing a good thing no matter what reason you're there. These are all takeouts as well? It's all takeouts. So everyone stays in their vehicle. The only time we actually had people get out of our vehicle is we did a special Halloween distribution on Public Square. But other than that, you come through in your vehicle. All of our distributions take place at 5 o'clock. We do one a week. They rotate. Next week on the 23rd, we're actually Tuesday night going to be at Kistler Elementary School on Old River Road. The following Tuesday on the 30th, we're going to be at Hanover High School. And we're out in the parking lot. So people will line up in their vehicles at five o'clock. We start distributing. You come through, you pick up your meals for your entire family and you're on your way. It is always a guesstimate when you're doing different kinds of food distributions such as this. So do you have to pre-register or you never want to turn anyone away. So what happens in that case? How how do you make an, an assumption of how much you're going to need? When we first started, we did take reservations, you know, let people register on the website and put those meals aside. And then people were also allowed to show up without a reservation. And we got away from the reservation system because we found, you know, it was difficult for some people who don't have computer access. You know, there's a segment of the people that come through who don't have access to anything like that. So we found first come, first serve was a better way to do it. And a lot of what we will distribute 300 meals up to 500 meals. Some of it depends on if we have sponsorship, if we're lucky enough to get a sponsor for a specific distribution. 
we'll have more meals. Other than that, it's what we can get together. And most weeks we do make it through. There are weeks where we do run out and it's heartbreaking for all of us to have to say no, but you know, it's just the way it is. And then when we do have extra, if we're lucky enough to have extra, we'll bring it to an organization in the community that can utilize it, whether it's one of the food pantries or Ruth's place, someplace like that. So nothing ever goes to waste. But most of the time, we did a distribution last night and we did it from five to six. And at 10 of six, we had eight meals left and a vehicle came through and needed those meals. So it always seems to somehow work out. How would people get in touch with you? So on the website, we do have a tab for donations, which we welcome. For $10, you can feed somebody. And we also have a tab for volunteers, and we're always welcoming volunteers. And another tab where you're able to see our upcoming events and our distributions. And it's forkoverlove.org. Or if you do not have computer access, you can call us at 570-331-8362. I always wonder, Ruth, who are the core people behind everything that you're doing? Because it usually comes down to a very special certain few. How many are in your few? Well, we're lucky enough to have 100 volunteers signed up to help us. So they rotate through and help us distribute meals. We write things called love notes that go into the meals. But since the beginning, Tracy put together a board of seven individuals, including herself, Betty Saxton, who was with Maternal and Family Health and is retired. She's an important part of our board. Liz Graham from Riggs Asset, Lindsay Lindsay Griffin from the Chamber, myself, Carolyn McLaughlin-Smith, and Melissa Parenti. And basically, it's been all of us. There's no paid positions with Fork Over Love. We're all volunteers. We're running the show. Tracy oversees everything. I do the events. You know, everybody pitches in. And that, along with our core of 100 volunteers, we're able to put this together every week. And with the help of the restaurants, of course. Is there anything that maybe we have left out or that you would like to, of course, I would like you to reiterate just in case anybody's tuning in and they're saying, I'd like to find out more about that. So Ruth, I'm going to turn it over to you. You can give us all the information. One important thing, because we are such a young nonprofit, we're not eligible for any federal funding or state funding. So we're totally reliant on smaller grants and the generosity of the public. And we have hundreds of people who have gone on our website and donated what they can, whether it's $10 or $20 or $40 to feed a family of four. And that's what's keeping us going. Because I think what people, people are always surprised when I say we pay these restaurants because we want to support the restaurants. So it's the balls are always in the air of having to raise money, pay the restaurants, put the distribution together. So it's kind of a never-ending cycle. So I think, you know, it's the community who has stepped up, who has made this possible, and other generous sponsors. So we appreciate any help we can get, and we're just so grateful for the community for embracing this. You mentioned one coming up on Tuesday, the 23rd, which is next week. And I think you have another one following that. So if you can give us the details on those and again, how people can find out more information, the website, the phone number, all that good stuff. So we're distributing the next three Tuesdays, Tuesday, November 23rd. We will be at Kistler Elementary School at 301 Old River Road, Tuesday, November 30th at Hanover Area High School at 1600 San Sui Parkway. And then on Tuesday, December 7th, we're going to be at Eye Care Specialists at 703 Rudder Avenue in Kingston. All of our distributions start at 5 o'clock. It's first come, first serve, drive through. To find out about further upcoming distributions, 
or to donate or to volunteer, you can visit forkoverlove.org or you can call us at 570-331-8362. And you can also use what we would consider donations of a place in order to make the uh, distributions as well? Absolutely. I know there are a lot of people out there who want to help and they might not have the financial means. $10 can feed someone. When you think of it in that term, you're really making somebody happy and you can really give back for $10. Thanks once again to Ruth Corcoran for joining us on Special Edition and telling us about Fork Over Love. If you would like more information, you can go to forkoverlove.org. Now we welcome Kathleen Smith. She is the location coordinator for the Hanover Green Cemetery, which will be the site once again of Wreaths Across America. The event is December 18th. Kathleen has the details. We are getting ready for once again another big event. And I'm just going to have you explain, first of all, what your connection is with the Hanover Green Cemetery. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. So I am the location coordinator for Hanover Green Cemetery for wreaths across America. I know we talked about this, it must be two years ago, three years ago. That This will be our third year, yes. Third year. What exactly is that? It's a free non-political event that honors and remembers our nation's veterans uh, who are laid to rest in 2,500 different locations nationwide. So each location, like a location coordinator, Hanover Green Cemetery is an official wreaths across America location. So that means that we must have some of those folks buried in that cemetery. It's veterans. It doesn't have to be like Medal of Honor. Everyday men and women who either gave their lives or sacrificed and then served their country and are now buried. It doesn't have to be killed in action. Hanover Green Cemetery does have a few that were um, missing in action, though. They do have like two or three of those, yes. Some of the veterans that are in that cemetery are going back how far? The cemetery was founded in June of 1776, so there's a whole section of Revolutionary War veterans there as well. And when we talk about wreaths across America, again, as you mentioned, the fact that it is so widespread, how, how does all that come about? Where did it come about? In general or our, our part? Well, let's start with in general, just to give everybody an overview, if in case they've never heard of it before. It started out with the extra wreaths that were had were given to Arlington. So in 2006, instead of a quick trip to Arlington, the Patriot Guard riders escorted the wreath trucks down the East Coast. They did stops and monuments, veterans' homes to promote the mission. The mission is remember, honor, and teach. Do you remember that? Have you ever seen that big, that famous photo of the wreaths in the snow? Yes. The wreaths across America? Yes. That was, the, that was the photo that really started it all, the nationwide push and the nationwide knowledge of what this was. And then from there, it ballooned, and, and now a lot it, of folks it, are Yeah, it became nationwide. It, it, really, it really exploded in a good way. One of the things, too, about Reeds Across America, and I, I, that they had their mobile education exhibit here at one point in time, or hasn't that been here yet? Uh, it was here, a two-day event. The first day was at the, uh, well, Lemon Valley West High School in Plymouth. And the next day, they were up at the Lowe's parking lot. And is there any chance that they might be coming back here in the near future? We're looking to request it, and there's no guarantee. It all depends on 
what some some years they don't go to certain states. So we just have to see what their schedule is. We would like to try to get it back for this coming year. It's fascinating. It's heartwarming. It's it's amazing to see the the images and the stories in the exhibit. So for anybody who may have missed that, um, I know that there is a website, reitsacrossamerica.org. Yes, it has about the mobile exhibit. They have information on the museum up in Maine, uh, about the history of the company, where how it got started, uh, how to be a location coordinator, how to be a sponsorship group, of which Shawnee Fort Chapter Daughters of the American Revolution is a sponsorship group. That's how we got involved. And they sponsor the wreaths for Hanover Green Cemetery. And you, I'm a member of that. Yes, you right. are a, a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution. And just in right. case anyone is hearing that for the first time, that such a chapter exists around here, give us how all of this goes together and your part in all that, Kathleen. The other day, Shawnee Fort Chapter, Daughters of the American Revolution, celebrated our 12th anniversary on November 14th. And we uh, started in Plymouth. We're, we're organized and based in Plymouth. And the DAR supports patriotism, now education for, for children, uh, veterans programs, historical preservation. So when we had this opportunity to reach across America, we actually started with Reach Across America several years before we started it locally. We used to go down, several members used to go down to Arlington and place a wreath on the grave of their family member. When we decided we wanted to do it more locally, we decided to do Hanover Green Cemetery because there's so many there's so many wonderful cemeteries around here. But when you're dealing with December, the weather it gets iffy, so it may not be safe to go in certain cemeteries, and some cemeteries are closed. So Hanover Green Cemetery is accessible in December. And when exactly is this event going to be taking place? December 18th is a Saturday. It's at 12 noon. The uh, ceremony starts at 12 noon all across the nation for the most part. I, you can do different times if you need to, but generally. All the ceremonies start at 12 noon together at the same time. December 18th is the day that it actually happens, but anybody who's listening and wants to get involved can start doing that now. And how can they do that? We have a Facebook page. It's Reese Across America Hanover Green Cemetery. And we also have a Reese Across America sponsorship page. The link is on the Facebook page to, to sponsor wreaths. Each wreath is $15. You could sponsor one or as many as you'd like. If we do two wreaths, we are in the program. We signed up for the program to get the third wreath free. The third wreath goes to Hanover Green Cemetery. When we started, we started late in the game in October uh, three years ago, never expecting to be approved for that year. So we had two months to put it all together. And we ended up with over 400 wreaths in two months. And now? Now we have about 400 wreaths again. Last year we had about a little over 600. And we're hoping to do that again. We have great support from Mission Barbecue. They sponsor several hundred wreaths each year thanks to their American Heroes Cup. that they It's on sale now. Starting on November 12th, the cup that they're selling now goes toward Wreaths Across America. And people should know, too, that they don't have to have anyone buried in that cemetery in order to donate a wreath, correct? Correct. A lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. Uh, we have Girl Scouts helping. We have Boy Scouts helping. Uh, we just got approached by Holy Redeemer High School. They have a patriotic club. The members of that club are going to come. They donated a, a nice size donation. We thank them greatly for that. They're, the students come down on December 18th. They're going. Well, the one student is going to lay a wreath during the ceremony, and the students that come are going to help place the wreaths around the cemetery during that event. We also got a, a nice size donation. We appreciate any size donation. 
But the Second Brigade MC Club, that's a motorcycle club. They they help veterans. There's veterans and non-veterans as members of this club. They're veteran support group. They came last year. They donated uh, last year as well. They came and they helped us place the wreaths around. And uh, they're going to be coming again as well. And they also made another sizable donation this year as well. So between Mission Barbecue, the Second Brigade MC Club, and Holy Redeemer, the Patriotic Club and Holy Redeemer, uh, the community, the community involvement and the community support has been fantastic. It's really heartwarming to see, especially uh, when the when the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts get involved to see the kids, the next generation supporting this and learning about veterans and learning about the sacrifices they made. That really makes it um, all the more special. We have a family coming down from Scranton. Last year was their first year. We invited them out. Uh, um, Larry Johnson was killed in action when he was 19. And his photo is in one of the booths at Mission Barbecue. So we got in touch with his mother and stepfather, and they placed the, the Marine wreath during the ceremony last year. And they're going to be coming back this year to place the wreath again uh, for, the, for the Marines in, in Larry's honor. He was only 19 when he was killed. As far as volunteers... We could always use the volunteer help, um, either either placing the wreaths or later on during the like early next year for the cleanup. What, whatever you can do, keep in mind weather is a factor. You want to make sure you dress warmly and dress dress appropriately for the weather. Comfortable, good, sturdy shoes. You can give me a call. They can message me through that website on Facebook. But my phone number is 570-704-9809 if they'd like to volunteer. And the deadline for wreath sponsorships is, I like to say Thanksgiving, but if there's a couple of days after that, that's fine as well. But the last day of November is the actual deadline for the wreath sponsorships to be placed. Now, what happens if someone hears about this and says, well, gee, I missed that. Can they still help you out? Absolutely. If they'd like to sponsor wreaths like in December or January, it just goes to next year's count. It still counts just just for next year, which is perfectly fine. It helps us get a head start, which is fantastic. Kathleen, if you would just give us the the whole thing in a nutshell. It's wreaths across America at Hanover Green Cemetery, basically right across the San Sui from the Hanover High School. Uh, the wreaths are $15 each. If you purchase two, there's a, a third one that gets donated for free to the cemetery. The deadline is November 30th. And if they'd like to call me, they can call 570-704-9809 or visit our Wreaths Across America Hanover Green Cemetery Facebook page, or there's a link on there to sponsor wreaths online as well. But it's December 18th at 12 noon. I would say be there by 1130 at the latest if you're going to come and volunteer to lay wreaths. Be sure to check out Hanover Green Cemetery Wreaths Across America Facebook page. When we come back, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, the Friends of the Poor Thanksgiving Dinner and Family to Family Program with Megan Loftus and Linda Robeson. So this is our 45th uh, Thanksgiving Community Program. So the, the Thanksgiving Program actually outnumbers the agency by 10 years. It was Sister Adrian's very first ministry when she came back to Scranton. So we are on year 45. Tuesday is our dinner for adults and elderly. That's the hot meal where... You know, everything's already cooked. There's turkey, gravy, stuffing, potatoes. Um, there's veggies and pies and candy bars and anything you can imagine. Um, and that will be Tuesday, November 23rd at the Cultural Center. 
um, unfortunately, we're still kind of dealing with COVID-19. So it's not an indoor event, not a sit-down event this year. We're going to do a drive-through just like we did last year. So last year, we did about 2,200 meals as a drive-through. This year, um, we're preparing for about 3,500. Well, still, congratulations. You did a wonderful job last year. I don't think anyone was disappointed. Of course, they missed the camaraderie. That's the biggest part of Absolutely. And you can't you can't unfortunately put that in a to-go basket and have the same kind of feeling, but I still like to call it a dinner because it is all the fixins for the dinner. And again, it's just that we're not all in one place. So how are the preparations for that going? What kind of numbers are we looking at this year? We are, we're doing an additional 1,200 meals than we did last year. We, we ran out of meals before our allotted time, so we had to increase. We need a, a lot more support and a lot more donors to make this event work. And so anybody who's interested in getting involved, anybody who's interested in donating, we just ask that they contact us directly and we have a running list of the things that we still need. Now, you mentioned volunteers. So before I go too far here, how are you doing with those and do you need them? So we are just asking anyone who's interested in volunteering to reach out to us um, ahead of time rather than just show up as we used to do, because we do have to make sure we don't have an overabundance of volunteers that we can allow for some distancing. As far as the day is going to go, Megan, how is it going to work? So we will have, uh, you know, a lot of individuals out on the streets to make sure that traffic is directed and controlled again and the people are very um, sure where to go. The one change that we're making this year is have people come up fine, um, but we're going to have them turn onto North Washington and we're just going to use that one lane of traffic since it's a one-way and give out food as they're driving um, up North Washington. And so then when you get to the end of the street, you'll take a right down Mulberry and be back into Center City and and go whatever direction you need to. But, you know, from 2.30 to 5.30, if you're not volunteering or in need of food, I would highly suggest you avoid the several blocks around 420 North Washington Avenue. Maybe you'd like to make a donation. And how would somebody go about doing that? So we need monetary donations, which can be made on our website. The number is 570 340-6086. Thanks once again to Megan Loftus, CEO of Friends of the Poor, for giving us the update on the 45th annual Thanksgiving Community Program, the drive-through Thanksgiving dinner on Tuesday, November 23rd. Then on Wednesday, November 24th, it's the family-to-family drive-through food basket giveaway. It just seems like yesterday that we met Linda Robeson and her son Ryan, shares of the program, but it's their seventh year. For November 24th, we will again be doing an outdoor giveaway. It's going to be at the Armory Reserve Center on Dixon Avenue. So it's a new location and everything, but it's kind of a big wide space. We think we'll have room to accommodate all the cars because we're actually prepared for 3,500 families for Thanksgiving this year. And that's up from how many last year? Prior to COVID, we were kind of averaging around 2,700 families a year. Last year, we were prepared for 3,000 because we knew with all of the, with everybody losing their jobs, we were going to need a lot. So last year, we gave away 3,000 turkeys, but we ended up having to give away a couple hundred gift certificates because we ran out of food. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is the change in location. It's going to be the drive through format again. Um, it's at the Armed Forces Reserve Center, and it's 3401 Oliphant Avenue in Scranton. 
it's in a different location. It's still in Scranton. It's still easy to get to, and it has a very large parking spot. I mean, the Armed Forces Reserves have been very accommodating to let us have it there and everything. So it'll still run the same way all of our other giveaways have run. I'm excited that we're able to do this again. First of all, Linda, what's involved in the dinner itself? Everybody will receive a turkey, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, bread, stuffing, eggs, pie, some vegetables, some apples, you know, just about everything that you need for a full Thanksgiving dinner. We are asking for a little bit more money this year than we normally do. I mean, our goal this year is $150,000, and we're just praying that we'll cover the cost of everything. What about volunteers? We welcome anybody. The drive through will start at 9 o'clock, and we will serve dinners until 4.30 or until we run out. But we will have volunteers starting to come around 8 or quarter after 8 just to like get signed up and help us get prepared a little bit. For anybody who wants to donate to us, you can send them into Family to Family, PO Box 13, Scranton, Pennsylvania, 18503, or you can text THANKS to 570-525-5956. And we thank you very much. Thanks to Megan and Linda and all the volunteers with the Friends of the Poor. Next, Safety in the Kitchen with Dawn Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress. Here today, we're going to talk about keeping things safe. But sometimes when you're in a hurry, you cut corners. You don't want your guests to say, well, dinner was wonderful, except for the salmonella that I brought home with me. So how do we avoid it? Salmonella is a bacteria. This bacteria makes you sick. So salmonella is spread through food, spread through eggs and meat, chicken, pork. It can also be spread from animals to people and from people to people. So Aunt Sally has it on her hands and she touches your food, makes you a plate, gives it to you, you eat it, you can catch the salmonella from her. When talking about salmonella, there's really not a test for it. The symptoms of it are stomach cramps, fever, diarrhea. And really, we talk about it during this month and during uh, December because at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, during those big meals you're making, you have to worry about the cross-contamination. It's very easy to forget about that bacteria on your turkey that you were making on your counter, stuffing, brining, and then you put the turkey in the oven and you think you wipe down the counter, but you forgot. And then you start preparing the salad or, or you know, making something else. And so you really have to kind of keep in mind cross-contamination. Again, sometimes you're busy. You might forget when you're talking about something such as cross-contamination, what can we do in order to make sure that that doesn't happen? Prevention is always key. So if you can, keep food preparation areas separate. So if you're doing the turkey on the counter by the oven, you know, make the salad and get the orders ready on the kitchen island. I mean, and that's not always doable. So if that's not doable, then the other thing you want to do is really make sure you wipe down every single surface, every time you touch the turkey, move the turkey, crack a raw egg, that sort of thing. So make sure every time food comes in contact with your work surface, wipe it down before you start something new. If you can, keep the areas separate from each other. And then the other thing you have to remember is if your turkey's frozen, you have to thaw it properly. So you can't just leave it sit on the counter overnight. Um, The CDC recommends thawing your turkey in your fridge or microwave or a sink of cold water. However, people don't realize how long it takes. So people will think, oh, if I put my turkey in the fridge tomorrow, it'll be thawed. And then tomorrow morning, it's still frozen rock solid. So then they start panicking. 
So it really is important to, to think ahead of time. I need to get the turkey out in the fridge, let it thaw for a couple of days. Unfortunately, if, if you are last minute and you forget Thanksgiving morning, your turkey is rock solid and you want to do it in the sink and water, you have to change that water every 30 minutes. You need to keep the water cold. If it is not below 40 degrees, then the bacteria can start breeding and spreading and growing. Just try to remember to completely thaw that turkey before you cook it and to give it adequate time to thaw. Then again, we have people who stuff the turkey and that could also be another problem. Yes. So even if your turkey is completely thawed and then you cook it to 165 degrees, if the stuffing is in the turkey and there is raw eggs in that stuffing and it is not cooked, the 165 degrees to carry the bacteria, to kill the bacteria, then, you know, even though the turkey may be fine, the stuffing may not be. So yes, you need to check the temperature of the turkey. You need to check the temperature of the stuffing if you're stuffing it. We've all heard for the past over a year, hand washing is important. So that's one good thing to do. But then when you're talking about cleaning surfaces, it's always easy to, oh, there's that dish towel and we pull that in over here, but I can see you cringing and we're not even in the same room. (laughs) Yes. So that's the other thing that we always recommend. Always use paper towels, disposable wipes, the dish rags. So for example, you do a great job washing your hands. You wash them for 30 seconds, you scrub every surface, and then you grab the dirty dish towel to dry them and essentially all your hard work down the drain. So yeah, don't use especially during holiday meal prep, do not use any type of cloth towels or cloth rags because really that's how cross-contamination happens. You know, even though you may think I'm only using this dish towel to dry my hands, you know, if your daughter walks in and sees something on the counter that, you know, is a mess, she may just pick it up, wipe it off and hang it back up. So you really don't know where that towel has been, especially if there's multiple people in the kitchen. So yes, absolutely. During any type of big holiday meal prep, get rid of those towels, you know, just use paper towels, disposable things. Say that you're attending or you're hosting, what are things that you should have handy for your guests? So back to the basics, frequent hand washing, making sure if you're sneezing or you're coughing or you're blowing your nose, you're doing it into your arm or into a tissue and then washing your hands with soap and water. Case scenario, hand sanitizer if you don't have soap and water right near you. Um, But the other thing that you know, we like to talk about in in terms of prevention is getting the flu vaccine. Obviously, that's one of the things we like to talk about this time of year. It can help if you do end up catching the flu, which is still possible after getting the vaccine, the symptoms will be less severe. You'll have less likelihood of getting severely ill. You getting the flu vaccine, your family getting it, that'll help too. But just keep in mind, it does take two weeks to become fully protected once you get it. And then the other thing is, if you do feel like you're getting sick, stay home. As much as you hate to miss Thanksgiving and miss seeing your family, if you're starting to get a cold or, you know, you're running a fever, you just don't feel good, it it would be safest to stay home and not go. Dawn, anything we've left out? The only other thing I I think that it's always helpful to kind of remember is to use the um, antibacterial wipes on the doorknobs, light switches, faucets, remote controls, all of those things that everyone's going to be touching, you know, before and after um, they come over because those high touch areas are, you know, just a breeding ground. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Happy Thanksgiving. And as always, thanks to Dawn Webster for joining us with some great safety tips for the holiday. Coming up next, we're going to go to the Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project and find out about prescription Welcome drug costs. Welcome back to Special Edition. Special Edition. They'll decorate, they'll celebrate. The Edwardsville Warrior Tree Project is this weekend. Karen DeCleck is here. This year we're doing our decorating on November 20th at noon at the uh, corner of Main and Church Street in Edwardsville, Veterans Park. We're going to light the tree on Sunday, November 21st, 3 to 5 p.m. That will be when we have our Sergeant Santa parade. We're having one this year. We give out toys to the kids. We have the flag ceremony that American Legion Post 655 is doing for us this year. That's Larksville Legion. We always end by asking a veteran from the audience to light the tree for us. Now, for folks who may be hearing about this for the first time, can you give us just a little bit of the background of how all this came about? Well, it started a long time ago when my son was in service. He uh, joined the Marine Corps in 2012. It was right after boot camp. He was able to come home for Christmas, and we were so excited that I, I... was posting it on Facebook that he was coming home for Christmas and a lot of other Marine moms that, that were in his boot camp unit were coming to me and crying that their sons aren't coming home. So that was when I kind of realized not everybody gets to come home for the holidays. So I started a very little three-foot Christmas tree in my house, put some red, white, and blue lights on it, hung some stars on it for all the guys that we went to boot camp with, and I posted it on Facebook to my Facebook group, and I said, uh, find tag your marine he's going to be home for christmas no matter what so that became a big hit i had marines and soldiers and sailors airmen all getting in touch with me please put my name on the tree please put my buddy's name on the tree and before i knew it like two years later i had over 300 names on this little three-foot tree and i said you know mama needs a bigger tree so i went out and i got one and that is the edwards the warrior tree in veterans park you usually have some of the kids from the grade schools making decorations. Are they doing that as well this year? I think we're going to need some new stars next year. We have like the kids from State Street Elementary. We have them paint some stars for us, about four to 500 stars. And it all depends on the weather, on how long they last for us. This time they've lasted since 2016. But we're going to need some new stars by next year, I think. So we're going to be bugging those kids again this year to paint some more. And we usually reward them with like a little uh, certificate for uh, thanks for taking the stars for us. We thank them for their outstanding job. I know your heart is in this project and you had, of course, everybody had a little bit of a delay over the past year or so with uh, the COVID and the pandemic. And so now we want to make sure that we have a great big outpouring this year. So once again, give us the details of the decorating of the tree, the lighting of the tree and everything else that goes with it, because we want everybody out there to support the Edwardsville warrior tree project we decorate the tree this year on saturday november 20th from 12 to 2 p.m and this year we have we're going to have the girl scouts the boy scouts cub scouts group 154 we're going to have frontier girls group 193 they're all going to come out and decorate the tree with the recruiters and their pulleys or candidates 
And that is all on November 20th. Then on Sunday, November 21st, we're going to be lighting the Christmas tree. That's when we have our uh, little two-hour event from 3 to 5 p.m. It's where we have our Sergeant Santa parade, just a small parade. And we have Santa handing out the gifts to the children. And we do a flag ceremony. And we end it all around 5 o'clock with the asking a veteran, surprising a veteran in the audience to uh, light the Thanks to Karen and all the veterans for their service. Next up, Bill Sweeney with AARP. He's going to give us an update on prescription drug costs and what's happening in Congress to hopefully bring them down. Let's have you first give us a brief overview of exactly what this is all about, because a lot of people get very confused, and now this Build Back Better Act comes along. Can you give us the overview of that? Sure. So the Build Back Better Act is a a really big package of proposals. It's part of the president's agenda for uh, building back after the pandemic. And one of the really critical pieces that's in this package is finally some serious reforms to the way we pay for prescription drugs in this country. Uh, It will finally allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices, something that the program is not allowed to do currently. It will cap seniors' out-of-pocket costs at $2,000 per year. It puts in a cap on on insulin co-pays. People will never pay more than $35 a month for their insulin. And it will penalize drug companies if they raise their prices faster than the rate of inflation. So those three proposals together, uh, letting Medicare negotiate, putting an out-of-pocket cap, and holding price increases to the rate of inflation together will potentially save taxpayers as much as $100 billion. Uh, I mean, this is a tremendously important policy. And, uh, and will make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, the number one issue we hear about is people not taking the drugs that their doctor prescribed for them because they can't afford to fill them at the pharmacy. So uh, we've got to crack down on these high drug prices. We've got to bring prices down for people. And, and finally, let Medicare use the power of the free market to, to bring prices down for people. Well, obviously, it is Uh, getting a lot of feedback from your AARP members. And I guess probably the, I don't know, maybe the basic question is, what's the holdup? It almost sounds like it's a no-brainer that so many people would benefit from. So why not? That's a great question. Well, look, uh, there's no question that the pharmaceutical industry has powerful lobbyists in Washington. And, uh, and they're fighting tooth and nail to make sure that uh, those prices can be as high as they can be. Uh, but what we're doing at ARP is bringing the voices of, you know, Americans to this, to this issue. We have sent more than 300,000 emails from ARP members around the country to Congress. We've made more than 9,000 phone calls just in the last couple of weeks, uh, urging them to make sure that prescription drug reforms are in. And and I I guess it just goes to show you that when we use our voices, Congress is forced to listen. And so we're seeing some momentum finally on this, which is great. And uh, and we're going to keep going until this bill is signed into law. 
All right. So when it does get signed into law, and I'm being optimistic there because, again, it sounds like it's something that should have happened a long time ago and we shouldn't even be discussing this. But when it does happen, it, you mentioned the, the prices and uh, how people won't take their meds because they can't afford them. So yeah. it's it's a choice between food or medication. Besides all that, what will it mean to consumers? Well, it will mean a couple of things, and, and it will and it will really start to to lower drug prices um, in, in just the very first few years. Two years after it's signed, uh, seniors will start to feel the impact. Uh, that's when insulin copays will be capped at thirty five dollars a month, uh, in both in Medicare uh, Part D. That's the Part D is the you know the, the thing that people use when they fill drugs at the pharmacy, but also in private healthcare plans for people who aren't on Medicare. Uh, we'll also see that $35 a month cap. Uh, 2023 is also when the drug companies are going to are going to face that penalty if they if they raise their prices faster than inflation. So we're going to see that right away that those drug prices aren't going to continue to go up so much faster than inflation. And then in 2024, seniors will have a $2,000 uh, cap on how much they pay for medications. That's a hard cap. So no matter how, what medicines you need or uh, what you might get diagnosed with. You'll never pay more than $2,000 a year for drugs. And if you think about what is happening for people, for example, on some cancer drugs uh, or other expensive medicines, that can mean more than $10,000 for them out of pocket every year. So that's just not sustainable. And this $2,000 cap is going to be a huge, uh, a, a huge thing for people. And then finally, that's when we're going to start to see those negotiations happen. And then in 2025, the first drugs will be uh, that Medicare will negotiate will be on the market. So those prices will come down. Uh, these are these out of control drug drugs that have been out for a long time. The prices just keep going up and up and up. Finally, Medicare will be able to use its market power to bring those prices down. So uh, it, there's a number of big things that are going to happen. It's going to happen over the course of several years, but we're going to get to a place where these drug prices are finally going to come down for people. Bill, when we talk about Medicare and we talk about uh, Medicare Part D, especially at this time of the year when people are hearing all the ads and getting all of the information Mm -hmm. and signing up for Medicare, one of the things that we hear about in that scope is the donut hole. And will that have anything to do with the donut hole that people talk about now when it comes to prescriptions? Yeah, well, I think one of the great things about this bill is that it um, is that it really makes it a little bit less complicated. It's so complicated right now how much exactly. people are paying, and there's these different different levels and the initial phase and the coverage gap and all this stuff. That's going to kind of all get replaced with a much more easy to understand process, where you know you'll have an initial uh, your your sort of initial amount of money that you pay your copay your copays again, up to that $2,000 uh, cap. And then once you hit that $2,000 cap, if you're a senior on Medicare, you don't pay a penny more for your drugs for the rest of the year. So it really is going to make all of that a lot more, a lot simpler. And that really complicated situation with donut holes and coverage gaps and all that kind of goes away. And it, it becomes a much smoother, a much smoother process. And, you know, we're fighting. We, I hope that we can get, a, get to a place where we can make it even easier for people uh, because, you know, Medicare is, is complicated and it, it maybe it doesn't always need to be so complicated. So this is one of those uh, one of those things we can do that's very common sense to make uh, Medicare work better for people. All right. Now, 
what can people do? Because obviously there's still another step that has to go in order to get this bill into law. So what can we do in yep. order to help? Well, we think it's about six more weeks. Uh, we have a big fight to get this to the president's desk. And so uh, people can join us, can join this fight. They can go to aarp.org slash rx and they can join the fight. They can. Uh, we have uh, ability there for you to write to your member of Congress, to call them. Uh, to get engaged, to be part of this movement to finally lower drug prices for people. Well, I have to say, Bill, it's always interesting because when you're talking about dealing with government, so many of those in government qualify for Medicare. One would think (laughs) that they would not only want to benefit themselves, but benefit everybody else. But we will get into that one at another time. Bill, tell us about the AARP <laughs> website and people and how people can get in touch with you. Absolutely. It's aarp.org slash rx. And you can go there. You can join the fight. You can send emails. You can uh, get connected with your member of Congress and make sure that they are hearing from you uh, about the importance of lowering prescription drug costs. So this is an opportunity for people to speak up. And we know that Congress is listening. We got their attention a couple weeks ago, and we're going to keep getting their attention until they get this bill passed and signed into law. And then when it does, we'll have you back and we'll talk about all the other things that we can talk about. Bill Sweeney, Senior Vice President, Government Affairs at AARP. Always a pleasure to talk to you folks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.